straight bout it I'm not pouting Break through walls and climb it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy. And be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Thank you, but firstly, mate, welcome back to the show. Lodo, good to be here having a chinwag with you. How are you, my brother? It's been a minute since we've spent a lot of time together. So what's been happening? Mate, it's, I'm, I'm good. And, you know, parts of me at times uh, feel uncomfortable or guilty for feeling that way, but also um, mindful that, you know, I am what I am, I guess, you know, in the big scheme of things where we are up in, in Byron, things aren't too bad. I'm in a very good environment, um, works all good, you know, and I don't have too many people that are dependent on me. Um, so just kind of looking after myself. So definitely feeling the uh, the general, um, you mm. know, pain and suffering that many are going through, but also in a really good position myself. I just on that, actually. Um, so you're someone... Again, we're chatting off here. I was talking about how I look to you as a mentor. I know a lot of people do. Um, you're someone that I consider to be quite self-assured and, and confident in your beliefs and your values. And I imagine there's a level of tranquility and comfort that comes with that. And, you know, we could argue to an extent that's ultimately what we're all after when we're, you know, tuning into a podcast like this is we're seeking a way to feel better or to learn something about the mm. mechanics of what makes us tick. And, you know, have that self-assuredness, at least from afar, it seems so. Anyway, is that, I mean, is that the case? and Or, or is it something that's been cultivated for you? It, it's, I would say it's generally the case. And you've spent enough time with me to know what would um, show up as insincere if, if it wasn't the case. I think the big thing, you know, what I find really interesting is a lot of people are searching for a sense of freedom. Um, and obviously that's been stripped away from many people at the moment, but there's a real freedom and liberation that comes in understanding yourself. And that's, that, that process never stops. Um, and I guess kind of believing in yourself as well. And, you know, I feel comfortable and confident in that process. And, and I'd be the first to admit that at times in the past, it's probably come from a state of delusion um, and hasn't always played out you know, in, in the way that I felt it. But as a general rule of thumb, you know, I have, I, I don't know where, I have felt quite confident in um, myself, my abilities and, and to back myself. And as you know, some of my, you know, beliefs are um, unorthodox or of the minority. And that really has tested me at different times to be able to really, back myself into that because, you know, some of those opinions and decisions I make come with a bit of fire from, you know, especially if I'm public about them. Um, so you need to, you know, mm. you need to back yourself in. How do you then reconcile that? Like, 
let's just call it self-assuredness with also this deep curiosity and thirst for learning, which I think you have as well. And mm. I guess what I'm asking is, you know, you, you work with clients one-on-one, you have these programs, I do similar work as well. And ultimately, you know, with this show, it's about trying to provide information to, to help mm. someone in some way, right? And to encourage people to be forever curious. How do we how do we find that sweet spot between constantly being open to new ideas to self-actualize, if you will, but then also not over-analyzing such that we lose that self-confidence? It's it's a brilliant question. And I don't know exactly what that recipe is, mm. but I completely back myself while also valuing curiosity as probably as important a value as my, as, as any for myself. So back myself in every decision and know that tomorrow I'm going to be better. And, and I think, mate, to be fair, if I look back 12 months ago, you know, uh, I, I find peace these days a lot easier in the version that I was than I used to. I used to judge myself a lot for the old version. Mm. But if I look back 12 months ago, I believed in what I believed at that time and that was the best that I could show up with, with what I knew at that time. And mm. I look back now and go, well, you know, kind of have a bit of a chuckle of the version that I was at that time. And I've got no doubt that in 12 months' time, I'll probably have a bit of a chuckle with the version of myself that I am now. But right now, in this moment, I'm showing up the best I can with the knowledge that I can and providing the best tools and solutions that I can while staying open and curious to being better tomorrow than I am today. And also being better from a place of interest, curiosity, expansion and growth, not Mm. necessarily from a place of scarcity. I'm not good enough. I need to get to destination B in order to be lovable, likable, Mm. whatever it may be, which I think is a really important distinction as well between the two. Mm. Yeah, man, let's go deeper on that. I I like that idea. That's ultimately what I want to kind of unpack a little bit more today is what gets Mm. in the way for people, you know, whether it's emotional Mm. blocks, mental Mental stuff, you know, past conditioning. You mentioned that like scarcity mindset there, you know, craving love. Are there common themes that you've found, you know, with working with so many people now and even just through your own journey Mm. that do get in the way of, um, you know, those ultimate goals, be it happiness, performance? Mm. Are there there common themes that you constantly see? Yeah, there's a number of them. I think one of the first things to realise from the human conditioning, and you know this really well, is It is really challenging if you look at the evolution of human beings. It is really challenging to step into the unfamiliar and the unknown. Like we're not built for that because if we did back in, you know, the the dawn of time, then we might have got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. We might have been, you know, killed off by another tribe, whatever it may be. So, you know, on a deep, deep level, it is really, you know, challenging and unsettling to step into the unknown. So for a lot of people, um, which makes sense. They'll stay where they are because it feels safe, it feels familiar than to step into, you know, what is unfamiliar, even though for a lot of them it's clearly going to be a lot better for them. So I think that's the first thing to really mm. acknowledge. The second thing is that, you know, again, kind of coming back evolutionary, we're, we're built for tribes. We're built to be accepted, approved, and there's, you know, this deep wiring around approval, acknowledgement, acceptance, which again, can be really hard to break away from knowing evolutionary that we need to be part of a tribe. So for people to go against the grain, go, you know, 
a step away from, you know, their, their, their um, school friends that they finished school with 15 years ago, whatever it may be, that's really hard to step into new spaces, albeit a lot of people, you know, are open and wanting to grow. So they're kind of mm. held back in that way. And then another big part, you know, I'm starting to work with a lot of coaches now is to really um, believe in yourself in a way that your voice matters, you know, you can have an impact, um, you know, you're allowed to be seen um, and, you know, this imposter syndrome that so many people have got that really just stops them from, you know, having an impact. Like everyone's entitled to a voice, everyone's entitled to opinion, but for a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, mine doesn't matter, you know, as if, you know, there's this, ticket fairy person who comes along and goes you know here's your ticket you're allowed to go and speak now you're allowed to be an expert you're allowed to be a voice whatever it may but no one's coming no one's coming to give you that you know ticket or that approval you need to be able to kind of step into that so I think that's a really important piece and one of the you know the big things that I say when I'm kind of working with people in business now is like a lot of your business problems are really just personal problems wrapped up as business problems so whether it's lack of self-worth whether it's imposter syndrome whatever it might be they're personal problems that are showing up in your business. Yeah. And does that become very cyclical, I imagine, right? So it's like if you've got an extensive history of being a certain way, it can be similar to what you're highlighting there, that idea of like something new and different. We're wired for that to be like it's not going to feel good immediately. So it's like it's almost like the idea of breaking out of that we're going to feel a level of hesitation and then just fall back to what we know is familiar. I've heard you talk a lot about choosing what's familiar over what's best. Mm. Mm. And so I guess you can start to see how unfortunately easy it is to get stuck in these patterns, right? Mm. Well, Mm. the other thing is as well, you know, and this is big and I know you and I have spoken about this a couple of times is we're so attached to our stories being true. (laughs) And what I mean by that is, you know, a story comes up in our head and we just go, oh, fuck, there's a story. Of course it's true, as opposed to being the observer of your thoughts, the observer of your beliefs and having a level of, you know, separation to go, well, is this actually true? Is there evidence to support, you know, another belief system? Is there evidence Mm. to support that I can do it? Is there evidence to support that I will get results? And when you start to separate yourself from your thoughts and be the observer, you put yourself in a position of power to actually choose that thought as truth as opposed to just having it hardwired in as reality for yourself so how do you do that how do we go about that it's loosening your grip on what you believe to be true so Mm. you you acknowledge your thought you know and almost be you know as i said the observer of like oh i noticed that i believe i can't run a marathon do an iron man you know speak to camera you know, charge $150 as a coach, whatever it may be, is there evidence to support otherwise? Because the hard thing with your reticular activating system is there's evidence to support your current belief system. There's evidence to support, you know, the fact that money's hard. There's evidence to support that you can't do an Ironman. There's evidence to support that you're not a good coach. There's always going to be evidence. It doesn't take much to find. And is there evidence to support, the, you know, the opposite of that, that you can do this, that you can step into, you know, being an awesome coach, trainer, business owner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be. So just being the observer of your thoughts and not holding on too tight to them really puts you in a position of power. Mate, I can really attest to this. You know a bit about this and my story and something I continue to work through. I reckon a lot of people relate to this. You know, that idea of being uh, attached to your story, fuck, it's hard to break away from. And there's like, 
almost on some level, there's like a level of um, t- uh, an unhealthy pride in, in, in the things that have gone wrong for you. And you want to hold on to that story, mm. you know, as almost like a safety net of like, this is why the future will be bleak for me. That's mm. just one interpretation, right? And, mm. you know, I've spoken at length on this show um, and, and different channels about uh, my head trauma and having having the physiological and then also psychological challenge that came off the back of that mm. six years ago. But then, all you know, that, all, but that was uh, a, a real reality for me. But man, like it's, I've really lived into that in times when I just didn't need to, and it's kept me captive. And it's almost like I've needed that part of my story to feel almost a level of comfort in a way, because I'm so familiar with it, you know, mm. and that's, that's my unique story, but then someone else will have a story of, you know, whether it's childhood um, challenges or money problems or the world has been hard to them or whatever. Right. So like that idea of trying to break away from a story that we hold to be true. Fuck. It's hard. Mate, hundred percent. And for the majority and hopefully people that are listening to this, you know, in terms of your listeners, um, can choose a different path for most of them i can tell your future because you're so fixated on the stories from the past mm. do you know what i mean like that's a really good indication of someone's future how you know tight they're holding on to the stories of the past because the past is going to keep replicating itself until you choose a different story and you you know create a level of detachment from your story and yeah. you know it's a really interesting thing if you go into epigenetics and i find this fascinating is, you know, that story is being played into your cells. So I'm really interested in the level of, um, you know, attachment to, you know, I'm a cancer survivor or I'm a, um, you, know, you know, domestic violence survivor, whatever it may be, all well and good to, you know, be able to create connection, empathy, communities around people who have experienced like-minded you know problems in their past but to you know to talk and associate every day to cancer to cancer to cancer to cancer to cancer like what's that doing on a you know cellular level when you look at epigenetics and the importance of our environment the importance of the stories and the connection we create to it and i'll make super similar to you like i talk a lot about my um you know, upbringing for many years and, you know, um, really held on to that tightly as, you know, in part a victim. And, yeah. you know, anyone who, who, you know, is to bring that to light these days still kind of irks me a little bit that I, you know, can fall into victim mode at times. Um, but to now really from a sincere place see the benefits of what I went through and how that's really created the passion for me today mm. and, and vice versa for you, like everything mm. that you went through, you know, in part, and, and I don't know how big of that part, but in part has really created the passion that I see, you know, from you on a regular basis in terms of what lights you up and the work that you do. So, you know, while you wouldn't wish it upon anyone, what you went through, you know, many parts of my childhood, I would wish that everyone could find something that fuels their fire and the passion that they live in, you know, day to day. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're creatures driven by story. Right. And so mm. if we can find a way to, to reframe that, that's it. I know we've collectively done that um, with some of the work that you do through your programs, 
if we can reframe some of these stories, it's mm. like that can go a long way to defaulting to a more empowered state, right? Mm. And so if we're all driven by stories and things in the past or, or what have you aren't going anywhere, the past is the past. It's like, how do you then reorient that experience as what was arguably the worst thing to happen to you? How do you make that the best thing to happen yep. to you? Of course, Tony Robbins talks about that a lot. And so, um, you know, it can be a really tr- challenging process but there's little pockets of time where you know i've been able to do that and reframe these experiences these traumas even as like a stepping stone or or a tool towards you know doing the work i do now or or thinking the way that i think and i reckon that's a big piece for a lot of people is it's not necessarily about forgetting what happened or forgetting you know something happened to you or that you did or a mistake that you made but rather can you just change the story around what that means Mm. yeah and mate to be honest you know the body keeps the score like you can't forget that shit so while you continue to push it down and suppress it Mm. it's going to show up in some kind of you know dysfunctional distorted disorientated way that isn't necessarily going to serve you you know if you're looking Mm. at kind of shadow work or you know you're looking at um what you know what you you need to feel in order to heal like you yeah. can't escape that shit. So you might as well find a way to get de- one, definitely process it and heal yeah. it. And two, use it to your advantage. Mm. Let's talk more about that, some of those modalities, whether it's shadow work or what have you. I know you're mm. going back to being forever curious and you explore different modalities. Mm. Well, actually, firstly, and I think it's really important to kind of highlight before we dive into the specifics, but um, it seems from my experience, there has there isn't many silver bullets when it comes to whether it's working through trauma or, you know, finding that elusive feeling of happiness Mm. or or purpose, there's very few silver bullets. So that then means that it might be a matter of experimenting with different practices, right? Mm. Um, I guess, firstly, have you found that to be true that maybe it's a, it's an experimental process. And then Mm. two, what are some of those modalities that people can consider to kind of start that journey of, you know, feeling better, thinking more clearly, and so on modalities or psychedelics mate we can go down many a path but um nah, where we want to go dude i'm like all i give a fuck about is what works like what's gonna Spot on. what's gonna help mm. me feel tremendous and what's gonna help yeah. you know, anyone tunes into the same thing so yeah it's interesting i you know for a big part of my life i um would often ask the question like is there more to life yeah and I think it's a super common one. I know every time I put out on social, you know, a question of that sort, it's a pretty strong, you know, kind of 90% plus people who are like, Fuck, yeah, I reckon there must be more to life. And what I've noticed personally over the last 12 months is that question's fallen away for me. And I think, you know, one of the really important parts, you know, whether you want to talk about happiness, joy, however you categorise that, um, you know, some might even call it a peak state, is when things feel aligned, like really aligned, that's a pretty good place. Like I don't, I don't, I spent most of my life chasing happiness or trying to work out what the magic formula is. Yeah. And I don't know if I've become, you know, I haven't become some kind of monk that just, you know, lives in pure bliss or gratitude by any means, but I, I live the majority of my life in a really good place. And it's very rare. And that's not, that's not, um, spiritual bypassing of like oh just think positive and you know your world will be good even though you're fucking you know 
parents mm. have just separated or your, your partner's just left. Like that's, that's bullshit. That's, you know, that toxic positivity. That's not yeah. true. Like I live from that place and it's been easier to live from that place and not seek solutions outside of me, mm. knowing really for me now there's a really nice alignment in my world. And also the more work I do internally, the more it just kind of lines up and it bridges the gap. And I think, you know, kind of coming back to, you know, what you said earlier, one of the really big pieces for me now is I feel really free. I feel really free in my expression. I feel really free in my friendships. I feel really free in the work that I do. And for me, that is as important as anything when it comes to that place of happiness, that place of, place of fulfilment. And, you know, a, a good girlfriend literally just wrote me a message probably, you know, 10 minutes before we started talking of like um, on Insta, just talking about my Insta stories and how free my expression is there. Like I don't have any brands, you know, I used to mm. work with a few brands. I don't have any brands that I need to filter what I'm going to say. Like if I want to talk about psychedelics, I'll talk about them. If I want to talk about, you know, BDSM and sex, I'll talk about it. Like no one's stopping me from doing what I want to do or talking how I want to. So, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the um, recipe for happiness, but I know mm-hmm. the alignment piece has been significant and the, you know, place of freedom have been significant pieces for me over the last 12 to 18 months that have really played a big difference. So for you, it's and- almost like, you're guided by what feels right as opposed to what such and such may proclaim, you know, in an Instagram post or a, or a book that could be deeply filled with amazing wisdom for you. It's almost Mm. like there's a filtering system of like, what's going to add up to that feeling of freedom or alignment or what, what feels aligned. Right. Yeah. Well, the the thing for me, mate, is, is on that. Like I spent 15 years, reading book after book and and the, the learning never stops for me but I, I spent 15 years trying to uncover the recipe for happiness like I, I spent that I've done I've done those yards and you know if someone was to ask me to write it now I, I probably couldn't necessarily write on my learnings but I've gradually become more and more aligned I've gradually become more and more free in my expression and just the way I show up and I know the things. I know lost connections. I've read The Happiest Man on Earth. I've, I've looked at all the little bits and pieces that now are just the way I live. But it's, it's been a process as well. Mm. And it's not something that just, um, it, it, it's, it's a practice. It's, it's the way I live. It's not just, you know, the Friday night high or the Saturday afternoon high, whatever it may be. It's a Monday to Sunday thing. It's not a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's not living for the holidays, all those things that so many of us do. It's it's the way I live. And again, coming back to what I said, it's not, this isn't toxic positivity of like, oh, if I just wake up and I'm grateful for the sunshine in each day, then my world's going to, like, I practice gratitude, yep. but I live my life aligned and that's the most significant piece for me. Mm. So then I can hear people screaming through the podcast right now going okay cool (laughs) yeah how do i align my life with you know decisions Mm. i make behaviors habits people if i don't know what the fuck i want Mm. and so where for that person are there best practices to kind of tap Mm. into 
what it is that perhaps is actually going to give them that feeling that they're after. I think, you know, we know how intoxicating clarity mm. is and it's yeah. you kind of reverse engineer from there. So has there been a process for you that helped you get that, I guess, awareness or understanding of mm. like, Hey, I just want to, I want to feel free. I want to feel aligned. Mm. Um, how do they go about that? It's a good question. I, I think, and this may frustrate some people and that's okay. I think one of the first things you need to do is is throw out the, the recipe book of what society deems the answer. Like if you look at the system and the way that it's set up, people are fucking grossly overweight and obese, miserable, unfulfilled, and like constantly seeking for anything outside of them. So while the system's there, cool, we acknowledge the system and we can talk about different systems, but we acknowledge the system's there. Look at the results that the system is giving. If if you're happy with that, go with it. But I'm looking at people and looking at mental health and seeing all of these key indicators deteriorate quickly. So I think the first thing you need to be able to do is go, okay, I've followed the system. I followed the, you know, the the food guidelines of Australia. I followed whatever it may be. And I'm fucking unhappy, overweight, unfulfilled. This isn't working for me. So I think the first thing to do is throw out the recipe book, the rule book, whatever you want to um, do, and just start to pay attention to you. Start to pay attention to you. Like, how do you feel when you leave a conversation with a friend? How do you feel when you get home at night from your work? How do you feel about, your, you know, when you wake up on a Monday morning? What are all these little things that are playing a role and just start like, I, I can't tell you what the perfect recipe for you is other than to raise your awareness and talk about that in a sec, but raise your awareness to find out what your true recipe is. You know this story well, I think I've told you numerous times. In my darkest of moments, what kept me like moving one foot in front of the other was the fact that I knew what I valued. I knew that if on a daily basis I exercised, I ate well, I slept well, I got some nature, I connected with someone and I did some personal development, those six things that don't require anything outside of me, then I would leave, like I'd end the day in a pretty happy place. And, you know, six can sound a lot to someone. I always knew that I could manage those six. It might be one thing. It might be, fuck, get up and meditate. It might be get 20 minutes of vitamin D, whatever it may be. But start to build your recipe for what it looks mm. like. That's that's the key. What's your recipe? I'm not here telling you here's the perfect recipe. I'm here saying let's explore what your recipe is. Mm, I love that. So meditation is one piece. I know that's been ginormous for me in terms of tapping into mm. that awareness. Like what do I want? What's going to move the needle? What's going to... And then that translates into business and mm. you know finances and relationships and pretty much every area of life, right? It's just being able to kind of go, okay, what do I want? What do I need? Mm. And yeah, that awareness is huge. So um, how, I guess, in addition to meditation, are there other practices that you've employed or you encourage clients to employ to kind of to, to tap into that and kind of get that clarity? 100%. Journaling. So, I mean, you've seen, you probably bought my time maps by now. No, mate, the- I, um, I love them. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. As a consistency, my um, my meditation and journaling are first things every morning, and that really sets me up. And um, you know what I found personally for me 
is that level of accountability from people around me. You know, like I am accountable to my, you know, my training programs in terms of the people I work with because they see the posts every day. So there's that accountability piece and the consistency that's a no-brainer. But meditation, journaling, and then, you know, those things that kind of tie into those two of like stillness, silence, solitude and surrendering. Mm. You know, those are really significant in terms of having time away, like stop listening to fucking everyone else and work out what your truth is by having those moments of stillness, having those moments of silence. Because ironically, the one thing that we're most scared of, which is being alone with our own thoughts, is one of the most important things in terms of you unpacking your truth. And when I talk about awareness, I'm talking about, Pay attention to your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. What feels good? What, you know, what, you know, when that person calls you on your phone, who you, you know, you identify as a friend, are you like, fuck, I have to talk to this person? Or are you like pumped to see them? When you get up on a Monday morning to go and do your job, are you like excited? Or are you fucking just looking for Friday at 5 p.m.? You know, it's a big piece. And I think for a lot of people, there's a belief that, you know, these people that live, you know, Monday to Friday the same that they do Saturday to Sunday are full of shit. Like, how can you possibly love getting up at Monday Monday morning? I'm telling you right now that, what is it, probably 15 out of 16 years, I've loved getting up Monday morning. The one year that I didn't was when my old, you know, in the old space of personal training, when that part of me died. I didn't enjoy getting up Monday to Friday. That part had died and I was in the transition into the coaching space. But I can honestly say, you know, other than maybe having a, a really good hit out on a Saturday night and I haven't looked forward to getting up on a Monday morning, I can honestly say that for me, like my Monday to Friday I love. And I feel mm. so fortunate that, you know, 15 out of the last 16 years has been that way because I know how rare that is for a lot of people. But when you find that, thing you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and you you know you for yourself in you know the work that you do with the podcast you know that feeling you know how excited you are to you know chat with someone who's going to expand you know who you yeah. can connect with whatever it might be you know that feeling so you know to find that feeling you're not necessarily going to be on highs all the time and you know obviously with what's going on in the world at the moment you might really struggle to find highs all the time but mm. i would say that 90 six percent of the time i'm up and about knowing and just feeling it's not even knowing it's a feeling that i'm living aligned with what is true to me mm. i suppose for it'd be really important as well to potentially build that lifestyle uh, or make those decisions almost brick by brick such that it's not this like overwhelming, mm. you know, dopamine surge of making these excitatory, extraordinary decisions only yep. for it to be like, fuck, I can't manage this. What's like, mm. what's this madness? So um, I think it's an important caveat as well, just based on my own experience is like starting to identify like, okay, what's going to, what's going to create that feeling on a daily basis, not mm. once a week, not twice a week, like you're alluding to, but daily where I'm like, I feel like I'm excited to get up out of mm. bed in the morning. Maybe it's introducing a new, you know, personal growth practice like meditation or journaling or cold shower or something in the morning. Mm. Maybe that's a good place to start. Right. And then maybe in a couple of weeks it might be, um, or maybe almost immediately just start exploring without community, but start exploring mm. job offers or possibilities or, business opportunities that potentially 
could be more in line with what's going to light you up during the day, right? And then yeah, all of right. a sudden, it's like 100%. we overestimate, and I've been so unbelievably guilty of this in the past. Mm. We overestimate what we can do in a short time, but we underestimate what we can do in a in a longer stretch mm. of time. And there's no reason that everyone tuning in in say six to twelve months, where it's a reasonable amount of time has lapsed our entire life and our experience of that life can't be dramatically different, right? Mm. Well, mate, for me, the big thing, and, and you nailed it, and I think I've said this before, life by design or life by default, you have two options. And most people are living a life by default. And what I mean by that is 95% of what you do on a daily basis is the same shit that you did yesterday. So 95% of who you're going to be in 12, 18 months, 10 years is probably not going to change all that much if you're living a life by default. So life by design is consciously starting to create that life that you want by design. And that's, you know, anyone who's known me for an extended period of time knows that the life I'm living right now is the life that I envisioned four or five years ago. And I want to be yeah, mindful that that can take a bit of time. I went through, you know, hell for 18 months mm. and then but still never took my eye off like the prize of living, you know, for me back then I was dating a chick from Newey. It was either going to be Newcastle or Byron that I would be living and, you know, running my coaching business. And that, that was like, you know, one of the other things I want to say that is really important around building, you know, grit and resilience is that wasn't a linear process. It's right. not like, oh, here's destination, you know, lived my life by design and here's this perfect fucking line that goes from where I am now to where I want to be. Like that was a little bit of a roller coaster in that I didn't know what my coaching was going to look like. You know, there was breakups, there was, you know, some dark periods, but it, I never took my eye off that mm. life. And you may not know exactly what it looks like. In fact, I would say that, you know, 99.95% of people won't know exactly what that life by design looks like but it doesn't stop you from taking one step forward today, tomorrow, and over the course of the next month. And it might be that you start with your friendships and you go, well, fuck, you know, I'm trying to catch up with 40 people a month, but really, you know, only 10 of them make me feel really good or any 10 of them I feel like I'm having deep conversations with. Boom, cut the shit, get it out of the way. Let's move forward in that area. Cool. Mm. Friendships, connection, community are feeling really good. Now, health and fitness. What does really good health and fitness look? And you design different parts of your life? What's a really good, connected, sexually fulfilled, deeply um, romantic relationship look like to you? What are the real deep friendships? Whatever it might be, start to get clear. And again, may not be perfect. I didn't know exactly what the coaching business looked like, but I knew it was going to be an online coaching business either in Byron or Newey. And that's been repeating in my mind for four to five years. I told my ex girlfriend at the time who was you know new base that that was one of my two spots that i wanted to live and again roller coaster to get there but just kept you know the eye on the prize powerful stuff man it's so true you know the, i always fall back to this idea that clarity evolves as momentum builds and it's kind of what you're alluding to right it's like mm -hmm. taking those first couple of steps almost on blind faith if you have to you probably have some yeah. awareness of what you think is what will be really exciting mm. for you. And so taking those first few steps, it's like that piece that we're envisioning, albeit blurry, it actually starts to take shape a little bit more. Mm. It could be very different to what you started with. Yeah. But it starts to take shape when you kind of start moving forward a little mm. bit. And I've certainly found that, you know, to be the case 
um, myself. So mm. powerful stuff. And I love that you touched on, you know, silence, solitude. Uh, I've heard you talk about that before. And um, you did also just now highlight that it can be scary for a lot of people. I think that's important to recognize, mm. um, you know, for an array of different reasons. Yeah. I think that's important just to encourage folks to like, lean into that that feeling mm. of discomfort isn't a sign necessarily that you're doing the wrong thing and that you should go ah avoid this feeling go check on netflix go sc- scroll through socials whatever mm. um and something i've noticed in myself is like not judging myself for those you know for watching a telly show or you know listening mm. to music or whatever or being entertained but it's like am i doing this just to null the pain of silence and solitude when in fact yeah. if i lean into that discomfort Maybe I might be able to release some tension from my body or mm. I could, if I just sit in it long enough, actually have this clarity evolve even further. So it's like that discomfort that will come up for a lot of people for a host of reasons why. Mm. Um, is that something that you encourage people you work with to kind of lean into a bit more, even when it feels fucking deplorable at first? Well, here's the thing, and this goes, this is the complete opposite of the system, so to speak, is your body is so fucking amazing that it's telling you something's wrong if that's the way you're feeling. Instead of putting a fucking Band-Aid on it and, like, popping pills because you're, you're sad, you're upset, you're depressed, whatever it may be, that is literally your body, mind, nervous system, whatever you want to call it, giving you feedback that something's not working. So, like, use that as a fucking gift mm. to go, well, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed. You know, I'm feeling A and B about this week, this month, this year, this person. Just use this as a compass and stay open to exploring what that really means. Like for me, just that that reframe in itself of instead of going, fuck, I don't like this feeling and yeah. like trying to suppress it, distract it, whatever it may be, to change and going, fuck, I'm anxious as fuck today. What's that about? And staying open to that yeah. and exploring it is a reframe that is like, absolute beautiful on the other side of that as well unbelievable super powerful mate i'll leave it there we could talk for hours you and i um how can people learn more about you i mentioned the programs that you facilitate um if you want to give the folks a little spiel about what you're up to i think it's really important to at least know where they can learn more about what you put out into the world beautiful mate uh, the best spot would be on on the gram um and as i say kind of Anytime I talk to anyone and literally to run off the back of what we've been talking about, just feel into it. Do you know what I mean? If, if one of my programs, if the coaching feels right, feel into it, but definitely don't do anything from a, a place of force yeah. um, or because you think you have to, whatever it may be, feel into it, find the right people, you know, in your world, find the right coach if that's what you're interested in and, uh, you know, use that as a guide. Love it, mate. Well, uh, next time we get you on for 3.0, we'll um, we'll go deep on the Ironman stuff, which we didn't get a chance yeah, to get to fine. today. Um, so I know you're on route to the half like me, but you've also got the the big one in Perth. So that'd be cool to unpack that, maybe some of your lessons learned and how you get on. Um, so maybe we can check back in in uh, like December or so for another installment. Perfect, big fella. My man, we'll talk soon. Beautiful. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. It really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So 
Spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you've got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.